This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Today we're going to talk about an update on schistosomiasis. A lot of people haven't heard of this disease because most of the people that are listening to this live in industrialized countries and maybe have never gone uh, out of the country or certainly into a third world country. This is one of the most devastating diseases out there and uh, infects so many people that you have to know about this. Last year, a patient came to me, uh, wanted to take his wife and two daughters and live in Kenya for two months. He was talking about how to stay healthy. And at one point, he said that they were looking forward to camping and doing things by the rivers and the lakes over there. And I said, well, you can't go into any of those. And he asked me why not. And I told him about schistosomiasis. And he was just dumbfounded that uh, all the years he had lived on Earth, he had never heard of this disease. Really, it just takes uh, two things, a snail, a worm, and fresh water to become infected. And once you are, the disease can persist for decades and can actually prove to be fatal. Uh, These two culprits always come as pairs. You have a freshwater snail harboring a parasitic worm living in in fresh water. Uh, The parasite is released from the snail, and then they burrow into the skin uh, deep inside the body. Uh, of anyone daring to go into the waters. And one of the problems in these countries is uh, fresh water comes from the sky in the form of rain and forms ponds and pools and lakes, and people just go into them, not knowing that there uh, are the uh, parasites in the water. So wilderness and rural travels, uh, travelers, of course, like to recreate in water, and it doesn't take very long for them to get infected once they get into it. Schistosomiasis is prevalent in uh, all tropical and subtropical areas, it's usually in, uh, also in areas where people don't have access to safe drinking water and into poor sanitation, so they go to the bathroom in the water, also where they're going to drink and uh, bathe. And as a consequence, the cycle of the parasite is completed. It's estimated that at least 90% of those requiring treatment for schistosomiasis actually live in Africa right now. But the World Health Organ- Organization estimates that there's about 207 million people about 85% of those who live in Africa are infected with schistosomiasis and another estimated 700 million people who are at risk of infection and it's been identified in 76 uh, different countries. Globally, there's about uh, 200,000 people every year who die of this disease. The transmission is actually quite simple. Um, The schistosomiasis egg live in infected people who then either will urinate it because it can live in the bladder or defecate it into the water. The eggs hatch, and, and if in certain types of freshwater snails are present, then the parasite will uh, enter the snail, develop, and multiply there. The parasite then will leave the snail and enter the, enter the water where it can survive for about oh, 24 to 48 hours at the most. And then the schistosoma parasite can penetrate the skin of a person who is wading or swimming, hatching, or getting water in that contaminated water. Within several weeks, the parasite will mature into adult worms and live in the blood vessels of the body where the females then produce eggs. Some of the eggs travel to the bladder or to the intestine and are passed into the urine or into the stool. So there are basically two types of schistosomiasis. There's the intestinal and the urogenital type. These are caused by five different main species of this blood fluke. 
uh, and depending upon the country you're at, uh, then you will be subjected to that kind of the schistosoma parasite. Within days of uh, getting the uh, parasite, a person can get a rash or an itchy area uh, on the skin where it entered. Uh, and then a couple of months later, maybe one to two months, a fever, chills, cough will, be, will begin. They can get muscle aches as well. Most people have no symptoms at the early phase of the infection. Um, symptoms of schistosomiasis are caused by the body's reaction to the worms of the eggs. So the female has to lay the eggs. Intestinal schistosomiasis can create abdominal pain, diarrhea, and blood in the stool. A lot of times in these countries, you'll see a lot of liver enlargement. Uh, in advanced cases, uh, you can get accumulation of fluid in the perineal cavity, which you know can cause hypo, uh, hypertension of the abdominal wall vessels. In such cases, there may be enlargement of the spleen as well. Now, you can see these kids with very large bellies, and uh, you almost have to assume at that point that they have schistosomiasis. The classic sign of urogenital schistosomiasis is uh, blood in the urine. Uh, and in fact, uh, there have been several studies done in Eastern African nations that if a person has blood in their urine, especially young people, then you just assume that they do have schistosomiasis. You need to do no further testing. Fibrosis of the bladder, ureter, and kidney can always come with this as it advances. One of the long-term sequelae of schisto is uh, bladder cancer. And this is something that uh, women particularly will get uh, uh, in time. Uh, urogenital schistosomiasis may persist with, uh, uh, present with genital lesions, vaginal bleeding, pain with intercourse, and nodules uh, in the uh, urogenital area. In men, urogenital schistosomiasis can cause pathology, the uh, seminal vesicles, prostate disease, and other organs. This disease may have long-term irreversible consequences, because of that kind of fibrotic problems that uh, it, it uh, brings along. The diagnosis of uh, schistosomiasis uh, can often just be clinical. As I stated a minute ago, just if you're in a country where it is endemic, you can just assume if they have blood in the urine that they will have uh, schistosomiasis. Children uh, uh, will always have microscopic blood in the urine, which can be detected, of course, just by uh, using reagent strips. Uh, uh, people with large uh, uh, bellies and uh, with uh, water nearby, especially if it's been tested to be positive for schistosomiasis, can be assumed to have. There is a very effective and uh, safe medication available for uh, treating schistosomiasis. The drug is called Prozequantil. In developing countries, it's a prescription medication, but in developing countries, it's given away uh, without prescription by the government to the people if it's indicated. The basic control of schistosomiasis is really based on large-scale treatment at at at-risk population groups, trying to get uh, safer water for them, improve sanitation, education, of course, snail control. The huge strategy for schistosomiasis focuses on reducing disease through periodic targeted treatment with prosequantil through the large-scale treatment of affected populations. Uh, these programs have proved to be successful uh, originally uh, but then in time, uh, schistosomiasis will return and uh, retreatment will need to be undertaken. The uh, groups that are usually targeted for treatment are school-aged children in endemic areas, adults considered to be at risk in endemic areas, and entire communities living in highly endemic areas. Uh, one of the questions that we uh, get asked a lot about if your plan is to go to a country where you know there is 
uh, schistosomites in the fresh water is can I go river rafting and can I swim in swimming pools at the hotels? The, uh, there's not a lot of uh, good data on, on the answer to either of those. One thing is that if you're in a rapid and fall in uh, to the water, then you are at risk of getting the schistosomiasis parasite. But the problem is that in a rapid, there is so much turbulence that the parasite would have little or no chance of grabbing onto you. There's a lot of retrospective stories and people who have floated uh, the Nile River in uh, western Kenya and have never had any problem. That's a risk that you would have to think about taking. In the still waters, you would have a greater chance for the parasite to, to uh, burrow into, uh, into you. The other question is about swimming pools. There have been studies done in uh, the pools that are in the uh, eastern Africa area where cystosomiasis is so prevalent. There is no guarantee that the waters are appropriately treated. The best advice to get into swimming pools uh, into areas that are endemic with cystosomiasis is not to go in, uh, mainly due to the fact that we just don't know the character of the water. Well, this ends the update on uh, schistosomiasis, and again, thank you for listening.